Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for the 6th annual Next Generation Diagnostics Summit, which runs from August 19th to 21st in Washington, D.C. My name is Amit Zand, and I'm an Associate Conference Producer at Cambridge Health Tech Institute. We have with us today one of our speakers from the Companion Diagnostics Technology and Reimbursement Track, Dr. Richard White, Director of Global Brand Strategy at Genomic Health. Dr. White, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. We know that the diagnostic tests to stratify patients and, and guide therapy are becoming a reality in the healthcare setting. So the technology is maturing and the companion diagnostics market is getting tighter. So based on that, I have two questions for you. Number one is, is there any room left for improvement in the companion diagnostics offering? And if there is a room for improvement, can you predict the future for us? What are the technologies and companion diagnostics moving to in general? Yeah, I mean, there is absolutely a lot of room for improvement in companion diagnostics. I think we have seen over the years just an improvement. And first of all, what is the definition of a companion diagnostic, right? Defining that for people, defining that for both the government, regulators, and also people in the development of companion diagnostics. I think that area itself is still evolving and still improving. So even before we get to the technology, I think how we define companion diagnostics, how we regulate them globally, how we bring them to market, and how we actually use them, and there's there's many areas for improvement here. And, you know, over the last 10 years or so, we've seen through the FDA probably a total cumulative of 20, about 23, which you would call companion diagnostics. Some of those are classically defined as being in drug labels. Others are not, quote-unquote, in the drug label. So I think there is uh, room for improvement. First of all, in terms of regulatory, I think if you look around the world, you'll see that different regulatory bodies have different regulatory criteria for companion diagnostics. You know, in Europe, they have a CE mark label for their IBD. In Japan, it's through MHLW. In the United States, it's obvious through the FDA, both through a 510K and a PMA. So from my current view, how I think about things globally, I think there's a lot of, quote-unquote, lack of alignment around how we actually regulate companion diagnostics. I think from what I just said previously, what we consider a true companion diagnostic, the classic way is one that is actually included into a drug label, and then that is used by the physician for he or she to inform or make a better treatment decision. I think, again, as I mentioned previously, as you look at over the last 10 years in the cumulative 20 or so tests that are quote-unquote companion diagnostics, all of those are not in drug label, but they're being used to actually guide therapy. So by strict definition, I think it'd probably be less than 20. So I think we have a lot of headroom. I think we've been moving in a positive direction, but I absolutely believe there is a lot of improvement in companion diagnostics. And then when you say, we talk about tightening, I think, yeah, there's more attention. I think there's more players in the field of companion diagnostics. I think from the pure IBD perspective, I think with the pressure for increased revenue in the diagnostic space, I think more and more companies are seeing companion diagnostics as an opportunity in terms of increasing business. So I think that has increased the level of competition. So the market is getting tighter. But as I said previously, I think exactly what companion diagnostics is, how it's going to be regulated, is is a huge question for us in the future. For the next question, Dr. White, we are very much looking forward to the Next Generation Diagnostics Summit, and this year we're expecting an outstanding event. Can you tell me what are your main expectations for this upcoming meeting and your participation? Yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, one of the hot topics, a couple hot topics, (laughs) number one is the role of next generation sequencing. I mean, just implicit in the title makes people of the summit makes people think, you know, to that area, right? 
So how are we going to incorporate next-generation sequencing and companion diagnostics, and what does that really look like? I mean, there's been a lot of activity in next-generation sequencing with the whole human genome thing now coming to fruition, but there's still the issue of how we're going to use a very sophisticated technology, even though it's become more affordable, to develop companion diagnostics, right? And then how are we going to distribute that technology in a way where we can have access to it uh, readily, and one of the big questions for me is, how do we get access to that information in a very timely way? I mean, you have multiple models now. I mean, for most of what you're seeing, you have a centralized model where the testing is done in a big laboratory or one of the, by the big lab companies. And then that information is then, over a couple of days and even weeks, that information is then sent to the healthcare provider for he or she to help make a decision for their patients. I think that is the current model, but for me, I think we need to think even more and more with the increased number of people with the Affordable Care Act having access to health care, how we can actually use that information in a very distributive model, right, where we can get that information closer and closer to the source of the patient and therefore lower the cycle time upon which the physician can get that information for it to be useful for making an informed patient decision. And then the other issue is big data. How are we going to make readily available all the information that's coming to us from this next generation of diagnostics? Some of them will be sequencing. You have other folks who are actually using protein-based diagnostics as well, but the issue comes down to how are we able to then use that data and filter it, how are we able to mine it, how are we able to then make it into a clinically actionable information, right? That's the key. How do we then use that information, partition it, and then make it clinically actionable? Because we have a lot of data, but data is not always information. So you got to go from big data to big information, I would say, and then find the kind of platform upon which that information, in my opinion, can be widely distributed and can also help with the pressure we're going to be under both in the laboratory and the physician's office to deal with this increased amount of patients that physicians are going to see. We cannot separate the two. We have to think more holistically about not being a sort of separated from this issue of what's going on in healthcare. I think the more we can align those two areas and pull those together, that is the area of technology companion diagnostics and the area of how we're going to deliver healthcare for the future. To me, those are inseparable topics, and I would love to hear how my colleagues and I begin to discuss that and become more of a holistic type of part of the overall answer to the problems we're going to face in the upcoming years in our healthcare system in the United States and also globally. That was Dr. Richard White, Director of Global Brand Strategy at Genomic Health. He will be speaking at the Technology and Reimbursement Track at the upcoming 6th Annual Next Generation Diagnostics Summit, taking place on August 19th to 21st in Washington, D.C. If you would like to hear him in person, go to www.nextgenerationdx.com for registration information and enter the key code PODCAST. I am Amit Sand, Associate Conference Producer. Thank you for listening.